0: Hi, it's Monday morning, and believe it or not, I'm going to roll here, I'm going to try to uh, do the second Parsha um, podcast that I mentioned before I was going to do on um, Parsha Snoh simply because I have a, I see a very interesting thing. Uh, today's uh, talk is being given, is being sponsored rather, first of all, by somebody anonymous, that's half, and the other is this is in honor of this is going to be in honor of my nephew's upcoming wedding in Chicago. My wife's nephew, uh, Joseph Hedelman, is getting married Wednesday night in Chicago. I understand it's a new big uh, wedding hall to uh, Shandal Binder. Bider. Um, so the Hassan's parents are Mark and Ilana. That's my brother-in-law. And the college parents are Rabbi Tzvi and Sari Bider. And Mazo, tough to all. And they should all go uh, build a Bison and Beast Row. Now, let's, speaking of building a bias number Israel, versus a bias Shilonim, that's the Tower of Babel, Megdal Babel. That's what caught my attention. And the reason I'm sharing this is you, I happened to come across this really cool drushes around, and uh, that's a very interesting work. And the Drusha is very. The truth is, it's extremely interesting. Not doing justice to it, the ron apparently was. Um, I told you once before, he had an interest in philosophy, believe it or not. Of course, the philosophy by the standards of the 14th century. And his yeshiva, I read somewhere that they actually have philosophy courses. Probably da LaHusha, but also, you know, it's a way of approaching the biblical stories. And uh, a number of his speeches, the drushes, survive, and they're really essays, is what they are. They're essays. And so, it's like really cute. And I can't say I go through them all the time. I've probably been through all of one time or another, but my attention was drawn from a footnote, as I mentioned yesterday, to the first one. And I'm telling you this, because anybody get a hold of rushes around. I think it's online. If I'm not mistaken, the whole Russia's around is like on um uh, I think is uh the whole text is like online. And uh you can check it out if that's something that interests you. I've had a copy for many, many years. I used to have the Feldman one, the red cover, I think it was most of Cook. And you have, like, a critical audition and all that business. It's not so necessary in something like The Rush Ron, unless you're a Ron freak. Uh, but the is very good. You know, The my has come up. And um, I saw, actually, coincidentally, uh, the other day, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Agnon, the famous writer, um, novelist, Shai Agnon. Believe it or not, I never read anything from Shai Agnon. It's like a lacuna. I don't know, for whatever reason... Everyone's turned on to this stuff. In Israel, they go crazy over it. Or they used to, anyway. I don't know. Maybe I'm out of date. You know, the guy won the Nobel Prize. He was a religious guy. And, But I think I've. Uh, everybody's seen Yomim Noorim, where he has uh, sources for a, a month of Tishrei. Right? But he has a safer that I do like called Safer Seber Basofar. Sefer Seber Basofar. Which he has like shtick on difference foreign. Like a paragraph here, a paragraph there. You know, you might say the raid or the, what's the right word, aphorisms about Difference Farm. And I saw the other day, just coincidentally, some Hasidic source said something like, uh, how do you fight a Amalek with Duran? What does that mean? A Amalek represents Akumias, you know, uh, a twisted thinking, twisted thinking. And Duran is very Yashu's, Glock thinking. And so if you have cautious or you have problems in how you think, study the Ron, because he thinks very clearly. I believe I'm doing justice to it. I, I haven't seen it in a couple of days, but it was funny that it struck that way. Anyway, get to the point. The Ron has a bunch of speeches he gave, some of which have survived 13, have survived. And and most importantly for me, it came out about 20 years ago, kudos. That's the best part. I think the article now translated it. So that means it must be harsh enough to do so. If you're interested in what I'm saying today, get a hold of the drushes Iran. I know they did at least part one, and this is the very first droshah. So he's talking about breshahs, bar and so on and so forth. I'm going to read from part of it today, because it's so interesting. Here's a rishon who's complaining about how to get shot in a weird sugya, and the drushes aren't good enough. Uh, he's talking back and forth. It's a little bit long, but he's talking back and forth about... Things coming together, things sing apart. Is it good? Is it bad? Many disparate things come together in a single unit, and sometimes the other way around. You can view all of life, I suppose, as an existential tension between unity and dispersal. Now, um, and that's why he says, Yaakov Avina wanted his kids to be together, but when he saw the Shim and the Levy are no good, then I do not want you together with the others. You know, things like that. And here comes the interesting part. This is Iran I'm quoting. And that's what the whole story of the Tarot bubble, the Tarot vlog is all about. All the explanations that are unfortunate leave us dark. No this the Ron who's living in the 1300s. I know Rashi, I know the Ramban, I know the others. There's no good. So when we get to the story of the Tower Bubble and figure out what the heck is going on, I'll I'll be there shot plain and simple. Shot. Now remember, shot is not literal, but shot is shot. So we end up like a blind person feeling his way and running into a wall. So when a blind person runs into a wall. There is nothing he can do. <laughs> Correct? Ki elon oshim What was so bad in the Pesach about the Dara Floga? It's the way he called and the hovah nivn alon abayis and so on and so on. It doesn't say we're going against Hashem. You know, but now it's a of shame. I mean, what's wrong with that? Ma ha-pish'om or ma ha-chatosom im rotzuliyoz ki what was wrong with the desire to unite the human race around the tower bubble, Right? Whatever it says over there. We don't want to scatter. It's not a bad idea. Right? In other words, it certainly does deserve our punishment. And we talk about them as a, as a terrible people. Isn't there a mission that says, according to some opinions and chazal? What is it that they did wrong? At least I'll peep shot. Hello. Uh, the desi- desire not to be scattered far apart is theoretically a good desire. I'll tell you what the Ron means. When countries and peoples unite in a certain group, that prevents them hopefully from going to war. When they're far away from each other, they become highly estranged then all kinds of things can pop up and lead to war. This is why, in my lifetime and yours, Europe so far, certainly Western Europe, wised up after a thousand years or more of killing each other. I mean, France and Germany and England, this and that and the other. And I mean, after 1945, they formed the common market, the European Union, all this kind of stuff, with the intention that if we join together in one group, that alone will make it that we don't fight each other, which has been the case. Europe now has had its longest period of peace. There has been no war between England, France, and Germany since 1945. That's almost 80 years. If you know the history of Europe, it never was like that. So the the, the uniting is a good thing, right? I know England felt that, you know, the Brexit and all that, They felt a little bit too tight and to embrace, but the basic idea of European unity is a good idea. The only problem is Russia. Get it? The other countries in Europe, at least as far as I can think, basically just want to get home. I think. You know, maybe in the Balkans or something. You know, they're, they're crazy down there. But I'm talking about, you know, regular Europe. Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland, all the rest of it, They're not looking to overturn the borders and go back to it. Let's just sit now in one group and be at peace and prosperity. So he, he's asking the question, what was wrong? Hello, how are you, Because Actually, God should have rewarded them Cause many Psukim in the Torah Tanakh, or in this Mahalach, that they praise unity. There's a famous Khazals Ephraim is Chabur is United around Aksabim, Rana, Bodhisattva, Hanachal, Hashem, Salim, Malone, as long as they're united, Achdas, and Klai, throw that's what that pussy is talking about, the Jews, is itself a supreme value. You hear what I said? A supreme value. It's not the way we think today. It's not popular today. Today says it's important to be Orthodox. Times have changed. But if you're going classic, um, and the and Ron is saying even for the whole human race, this could apply. Okay? Now, he says, I'm very aware, after all, the Ranzarishan, that their Midrashan, they try to explain what the, what the problem was. These Medrashas, these Chazals, don't work off peep shot. Isn't that fascinating? Here's the think saying, I know their Medrash said they wanted to attack Hashem, but they wanted to do this, that, and the other. You know, he said, but they, 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 it, it's, it it doesn't sound like that's what happened. Certainly not of Derech Abshot. There's a, a, a Medrash Tanchuma says They wanted to attack the Rakia. That's a weird Medrash The whole human race was stupid enough To think they could climb up Like Jack and the Beanstalk to attack the Rakia, Right Let's say they were that dumb the very stupidity of it should have made them be punched from punishment. No, it's the reverse thinks, oh, I'm gonna attack Hashem. I'm gonna take a, a slingshot and shoot it up in the in the sky, and that'll hit God in the eye. It's so stupid, I don't even deserve a punishment. You get it? So why was it punished? Okay. Let's say that this madrash was true, and they wanted to attack Hashem. And let's be very my manate deen, and say this was a theological outrage. Um, mm-hmm. The why didn't Hashem punish him? He only scattered him. He didn't punish him. What should have happened was they threw a thing at God or built up a stay, and he sounded a lightning bolt and killed everybody. That's what it should have been. It doesn't say, Ron, if you read the Pussyc, they got punishment for what they did. God was preventing them from carrying out their plans in the future. Okay? Hashem did not say what they're doing now is bad. Hashem was saying they're doing something which in the future can lead to problems. That's a different story. You know what I'm saying? If I say I want to go and visit this country, there's nothing wrong with that. But if Hashem knows, if I visit its country, it's going to cause this, which is going to lead to that, which is going to lead to this, we lead to that, and lead to World War II, then it's not a good idea. But the edge of them visiting is not bad. So the building of the tower wasn't bad. It's only what we was afraid will come out of it. The passage says, they all have one ta- language, and this is what they started. You know the passage, I'm assuming you know this. And Hashem says, Boy, now whatever they're planning will not be frustrated, they'll carry out their plans. Right? So it says so Haonish Sashem wasn't saying what they did now was bad. Uniting the human race, building a tower was okay. I'm afraid what this will lead to, that's a different story. Bahul Elu Mesimim Hamaskiel bir. Such an interesting language. Ran says, all this mesimim leads any maskil to be confused. Now, obviously, by the word maskil, he's in the 14th century, It means any inte- intelligent from jub. You understand, the word maskil, once upon a time, was a very positive term, okay? A maskil was intelligent from jub. He's into amunat and not the amunat feila. Not into superstition. He's into proper amunat. So, you know, Davan Amal is always praising the maskil. So, so when you get to the story of Babel, the Rahn is saying, This leaves any normal, intelligent person confused and requiring some explanation. Okay? And, and in my opinion, he says, it's all based on the following principle, That unity is like a fire, or like a water it's a it's a tool sometimes good sometimes bad sometimes fire is good sometimes fire is bad so if you have bad people the, the uniting of bad people is let's talk about whether or not they actually do something bad the very unification of the wicked so I, I, I'll just give you an example it's like the old Batman cartoons you know which never happens. If all the mafias get together and unite under one thing, that's very bad. It's good that the drug can't kill each other. You know what I'm saying? It's good the drug gangs kill each other. If all the drug gangs will unite and then kill us, that'll be bad. You see? But on the other hand, if you have a good group, then then, then uniting is, is a positive thing. Right? Okay. Okay. So the says in my opinion, this is how Darf works, and it's very interesting to me. And he says like this He ain't suffic, he Obviously at that time people had superstitions and false beliefs. And the consensus was in favour of idolatry and paganism. Milvad, school of Sanosh with the exception of a minority, there's always a few dissenters. So there are a few people out there, what you and I would call Shame of Abraham, that kind of thing. Abraham, who was 48 years old, according to the Chazal. And they disagreed. They thought paganism was wrong. They saw they had actual intellectualism and they could reason for their own and see that paganism was wrong. But the situation was such that they couldn't go and, and launch a movement of monotheism because they'd be punished by the society. Because they're afraid of the government. And that's the story of Avram Avino, as we all know, with the Kivshon Aish. So the first guy started to make trouble. So basically we say things like this. You want to go around those days and have your own private opinion in favor, let's say, of monotheism. Oh, but nobody really bothered you. If you start agitating and make things a public thing, then, you know, you want this to become the, the value in society, then they went against you. You know see? It's a little bit like it used to be with the gays years ago. So you want to have your own private thing? <laughs> That's your thing. Now you want to make it a public thing? Then society would go against it It used to be. Um, that's why Avram got trouble with Nimrod. The so so. And what did Avram do, by the way? This is fascinating. When I'm got in trouble with Nimrod, he ran away, went to another country. You see, that's one way of reading Lech Lechel. Ain so big. So, is constructing a certain historical narrative, which is fascinating. So those few enlightened intellectual people who saw through paganism, in their case, the fact there were a lot of different countries and people weren't united under a single regime in one area, that was a big positive. Because those people who were the truth-tellers And the ones who had the proper religious insight, although they were a small minority, if they were persecuted in one country, they could go to another. The fact there was a multiplicity of of regimes and countries was a big positive. Okay? Um, The fact that the human race was disunited was a positive. If they got in trouble for preaching monotheism in one country... Right? he go to another country. So, isn't this interesting? He's suggesting to Ron. I just find this very fascinating. First of all, he always put a lot of time and thought into this. And second of all, he's constructing a historical narrative of 4,000 years ago. Not 3, 4,000 years ago. And what he's saying is that people who were true philosophers. Who understood that there really is a monotheism. They. Could keep their own beliefs. And if anything ever got hot. Like if anybody complained about them. It looked like the government might them. They moved to another country. It's a little bit like the Ramah says you do. If you're living under the Islamic persecution. In the Yagerz al Which the Ramah himself did. You stay here, you try to stay low, as we would say today, be a Murano. If it ever gets too hot, move somewhere else. And when you move somewhere else, it's a different regime, different country, they do not know you. And you have manuka there for a while until trouble starts there again, you move to another country. Say, a chanami, your existence is peripatetic, and you never have manuka in one place. My friends, such is the fate of believers and truth-tellers. That's what he's saying. So if you want to know the era of Shane Ve'ver, they moved around. They just moved to another country. Now, where would Iran, living in the 14th century, come up with a shot like this? You know, uh, nothing, there's always a context. At least for historians, always a context. He's talking about the Jews, and he's about to say so. This is how cholesterol survives in the Gales. They're in this country. If it gets too hot, they run away to another country. Everybody in America, for example, only came here in the last 100, 150 years. That's all. they run away from Europe and other places. You see? So, as we know, This is what happens to us in Nagolas now. We have experience, Iran says. And Duran lived in Barcelona, so he knows he lived in Christian Spain. He lived just before the pogroms of 1391. He died before that. But he knew. What was the story to Jews of Spain? They used to be under the Muslims. They had it good. And then when the Rambam was young, the Almohads came in and they ran away to Christian Spain. So in other words, Kasher nizchad eshmad b'ertzi Yonusu plaitin up. When things were bad by Yishmael, they ran away to Edom. The Jews of Spain, most of them, who wanted to stay Jewish, after the Muslim persecution began in Andalusia in, in 1150 or so, they moved north to Christian Spain. So they went from Ashmad being the Scottish in, in Yishmael, and they went to Edom, which is northern Spain. <laughs> but, Ume uh, Edom, alert Ishmael. to And sometimes the other way around. Now, you know, this is like, this is like Al-Tiftah Pelesatun. Because Duran wrote this around 1350, something like that, 1360, whatever. Uh, 30 years later, after he died, came the huge Christian persecution. And like I said the other day, with the Tajviks and the Rebus, the Jews all fled to Algeria to Yishmael. To, to, to but that's what you have to do if you're Jewish. When they ran away to, to Christians in the 1100s, they found the uh, ability to worship God that way. In that circumstance, and when this shoe was on the other foot, they ran away back to Yishmong. Okay? So the problem is, the Ron says, that the human race, which was pagan, was forming its own united country, and they were going to set up a single government, Manhu do make a king or a ruler who'll be the ruler of everybody. the And that way, there won't be anybody moving outside the country. And the single regime will govern everything. So that's why it says they, they found a the big area of plains. There was a big area where a lot of people could live. Okay? Um, and they built a Shemaima, and they had a, a huge heavy tower when it says Rosh Vashamayim, the Ron says it's just exaggeration. mostly we call it The Bible sometimes uses exaggeration. Like it says Arim Vashamayim. You know what I'm saying? The Chumash. this is just, this is just an interesting point, also. I think this is a very interesting Drasha. Uh, the Torah sometimes uses rhetoric. It's not literal. You see? So you say, is the Torah true? Yeah, the Torah is true, but it has to be understood in literary context sometimes. So it says, Migda Barosh Shemaim, it's rhetoric. It didn't mean it would reach the Shemaim. That meant it would be very tall. Ki kain yosmo matakten, armona yosman. And the idea was to build a gigantic palace, which would be very imposing. Mara, you see it from far away and it imposes awe and fear, which is a good thing in promoting law and order throughout the society. Okay? See? He says, that wasn't a sin, building a single government. There's nothing wrong with the United Nations but God who saw the future Russian. God saw that the United Nations will end up with no good because it's bad people. This mom like our time. He's mom just going to get the UN and our time. The UN was started with a good idea. and was, that the whole world should be under one organization for the best possible reasons. But since he saw it's Anoshim R'ayim, he says it's going to be misused. And that's why it says, And that's why it says, the guy was mashkiach, he didn't go down, obviously, physically. It means he discerned what was the results going to be. And whereas now it's okay, at the time they built the tower, but the, the, the uniting itself will have bad long-term effects. Because it'll hardwire the Avodah as the national religion of mankind. And therefore, you know, it won't be any good. Okay? And I remember he quotes here. So the point is like this. So in order to prevent that, I said, I'm going to scatter them. You understand? It wasn't a punishment. He didn't kill them, but he gave them different languages, you know, to do so. And the idea was to stamp out, listen closely, to stamp out the monotheists. Isn't it interesting the way he does it? Because if we have one big medina, there'll be no place for them to hide. And so we'll be able to stamp out dissent and impose a regime of total um, uh, uh, paganism. And there won't be anybody to to escape it. And then Rosh Hashem said, I guess, no, I'm going to have different countries. That way, the monotheists, like Abraham, will be able to find other places where they can always run away to. Him. Okay? For example, when Avram ran away to Canaan, if Nimrod, he says, was ruling the whole world if the Tower of Babel scheme would have worked, on the Yalech Merucho. How could... Where would Avram have to run to? So when Hashem said, you know, Lechaz, it's because it's after the Tower of Babel. So basically... It's a very brilliant shot because it goes like this. I'm talking about the S'michas HaParshas. You have Lech Lecha. I mean, excuse me, you have Noach. And the end of Noach is the story of, um, you know, the Tower of Babel. And God scattering them. And right after that comes the story of Lech Lecha. So according to the Ron, there's a very nice shot. Now that I scattered everybody, I tell you, Abraham, run to the Canaan. Now, the Canaanites are also pagans. But they're not the type that'll persecute somebody like you. Nimrod is the type of guy who is a pagan, but will try to to crush dissent. The, the Canaanites are pagan, and and so forth, but they will not try to crush dissent. The they'll just view you as a weirdo. They see all If you're rich, and you're powerful, you beat Kedar they'll they'll treat you well. They're again, they're, they are over there with the Zara, but they're not going to be the type of David that'll that'll persecute you. And that's all you need. That's all you need. And he says that wonderful Gemorim you know, in Khanina, that this min, this Christian, actually a Roman, said, We're better than you. Because if you look in the Bible, King David and Joab specifically exterminated Edom based on the idea. So it says, it,' you know, that the Romans come from Edom. There was a certain point in Shmuel Beis where Yoav spent six months killing every Edomite male. So as we launched, you guys, you Jews launched a Holocaust against the Edomites. And we Romans don't kill you all. So look how much better we are. And the rabbi answered him, You're not doing it because you can't because we don't all live in Rome. He says, the reason you don't kill us is because you want to wipe us all out. Last know we don't all live by you. Half the Jews live in bubble which is a different country and a different empire, outside the, the reach of Rome. And if you just kill off the Jews in Roman Empire, you'll have a, um, a, 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 a what's the right word? A damaged empire. In other words, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in simple terms: it'll hurt your economy, things like that. And the guy said to the rabbi, you know, by the gods <laughs> of Rome, we're always asking ourselves the question. Words, we Romans realize we have a Jewish problem, but we also realize that it's not a problem susceptible to solution, which was Mashma, that had all the Jews lived in the Roman Empire, then we would have a solution, a final solution like Hitler, and we would have put it right to the Jews. So you see... The thing that saved the Jews is they're not all in one country. The reason the Romans didn't kill everybody, okay. So anyway, that is the story of the Iran, which therefore means, right, that Iran is saying that the world at that time, uh, what's the right word? The world at that time could have united. And it wasn't bad in itself, but national unity and international unity is a very powerful force. It's extreme. A one-world government is an extremely powerful force. On the one hand, a one-world government would make sure there's no more wars. That's unbelievable. Uh, imagine if there are no more wars how much money everybody could save when the military jumped and devoted, let's say, for example, to conquering cancer, corona, whatever. You know, they could do a lot of good. On the other hand, the essence of a powerful position itself attracts the worst type of elements because that's what politics does. And instead of getting a bunch of, what's the right word, uh, idealistic goody-goodies, we'll end up with bad guys because great power cannot help but attract the worst elements. And a one-world situation has such a powerful possibility of doing bad that it's awesome. And God himself was afraid of this. And God himself says, you know, I'll use American expression. They're building a tower bubble. Maybe the first two, three presidents will be okay. Or the first four or five. But the sixth or seventh or whatever, it's got to happen sooner or later. You'll have a bad president. You'll have a nimrod over there. A Kadaral Omer type, and then they'll use this awesome power they have in the hands to do terrible ra and exterminate the few monotheists out there who are trying to hold the the idea of God because um yeah Shane Baber, that's what it is. He, he's trying to explain how was it that Shane Weber who come from the flood, succeeded all during this time for many centuries. To uphold the banner of a single God, even though the whole society went against him. And a big part of the answer is they weren't there wasn't a single government. You can move around from place to place. Right? Uh, it's Mashma, and this is just speculation, that let's say Shame himself or somebody. They probably lived in Bola. And then when this unity business happened, well shame relocates my friends, where does shame relocate to according to the rabbinic tradition? he relocates also to Canaan. So, Avraham great-great-great-great-grandfather, whatever you call it, before Abraham himself had found it necessary or prudent to leave the central area, Bubba, and move to the fringes of the Canaan in order to avoid attracting too much attention because he's proclaiming one God. His great-great-great-grandson, family, Terah they stayed behind in the central region. And the taka fell for it. Even though the grandchildren of shame they had succumbed to are Like today, you have from grandparents and the grandchildren are not from. You see, there's a whole scenario here. And what emerged from it by the time you come to Avram to Terah, they never heard of God. Until Avram had to sort of work it out on his own. At least that's one way of learning it. it depends if you go like the Rambam or the Udal Abi. But anyway, um, and then what does God say? Lech want Elor I want you to meet Shane. <laughs> right? I want you to meet Shane. And, um, you know, events so transpired that he does do so. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. I just think it's a very interesting scenario. And Duran is such a nice writer. It's so very clear. This is Machiah to read. And I think this is something that's a lot of food for thought. There's a lot more in Pashas but two is enough for one week. Uh, if I find somebody to do a Haftorah, then we'll do that. And um, with that, I wish everybody a good week. Once again, I want to thank the Anonymous and wishing Mazel Tov, the Yosef Hedelman, and Shane the Bider on their upcoming wedding. And you should build a bison and be throwing and all the other good stuff. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.